Welcome to Inside Jokes. This is about the art of comedy. With Sandra Carusi. We get in the mind of the comic. On Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I get it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> London calling. Because we have a guest in studio from Manchester, UK, so close enough, we figured. Uh, you're listening to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Your eyes can have it all <laughs> at Hakeem Optical. Our guests can sing that jingle anytime during the show that they wish. Everybody always does that. Uh, it is, of course, Fringe Festival time here in Toronto. It's back. Summer shows are happening. Uh, we have a panel of some Fringe Festival friends on the show with us today. Uh, first up, we have Andrew Chapman, who actually just picked up a Canadian Comedy Award for his best Ooh. comedy album. Not his, just the best comedy album called Oh Yeah This. We have Andrew Chapman and, of course, Ryan Turner in studio with us. Regular old Ryan Turner. <laughs> he, he was a Canadian Comedy Award nominee I was going to say. Day. He yeah, said it. Back in the, the day, bar. though. Well, it was, yeah, a ways back. It could it could happen again, and you guys are of course bringing your show False East to the Fringe Festival stage here in Toronto this yeah. summer. Yes, sir. Uh, and we'll get into a bit of that. And we have uh, a friend in studio with us, formerly of the Toronto stand-up scene, by way of Vancouver originally, and now UK-based. Catherine Ferns is Hello. in studio with us. Hi. <laughs> And uh, so you've been based in the UK for, what, a few years now, right? At least four years. Yeah. So I'm actually billed at the Toronto Fringe as an international act from Manchester. And I've been trying to work on my <laughs> Manchester accent. It's going horribly. I was going to say, I mean, you're drinking tea in the studio right now. That's a start. But I'm wondering how many years it takes before you come back and you'll start having a bit of the actual accent. Well, I, actually, my parents are from Birmingham. So uh, I okay. should really have the Birmingham accent, yeah, it's a bit which softer. is not attractive. Yeah? Oh, yeah? No. <laughs> it's but, more of a... Well, and Manchester has that cool history. You know, it's like the rock and roll city. Yeah, I pretend that I like Oasis a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, you are bringing your show, Catherine Ferns is in Stitches, to the Toronto Fringe this year. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm very excited. So I've taken this show to the Edinburgh Fringe and to the Vancouver Fringe, but this is the first time doing the Toronto Fringe, so I'm excited. And Edinburgh Fringe in particular has a huge, huge following over there. It's sort of a career making maker for a lot of people. Uh, a lot of Canadian comics make their way over there. Uh, definitely an international audience for that Fringe Festival. Yes, I mean, there's a mix of everything. And uh, as a Canadian, you know, we have a good history of sending Canadians over there. And so as soon as they hear that you're a Canadian, they're like, oh, my God, you must be great. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, which you are. Which you oh, are. Yeah. Which and then, you are. And then I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> and then you live up to it right away. Yeah. Uh, I want to get into a bit of what, what both of these shows are, are about. So uh, for False East... I was reading up a little bit about it. So it's based on the writing of Sam Shepard a yeah. little bit, right? So, uh, and I love I love Sam Shepard. I always wanted to see a good Patti Smith biopic made, Ooh. right? And of course, Sam Shepard would be a big part of that. <laughs> Patti Smith played by Charlotte Gainsborough. That would be my... That's my my dream project. Not for me to make, for somebody else to make and just all watch it But you it could. Now that it's out there, people be like, yes, that's a good idea. Let's do right? that. Just I hashtag the conversation started. 
the conversation started. I could time travel back to film school 16 years ago yeah. and just make that like my thesis script that mm-hmm. never gets picked up instead of stuff that I just wrote myself into. But what was sort of the what 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 was the roots of False East? What what led to this project for you guys? You, you want to tell the uh, the real story or the uh, hey what we tell people story? <laughs> let's let's give them the real story. <laughs> I feel like now you have to. Yeah, you've taken this down may that be, fourth wall. This may be a show unto itself. So, I'll tell it real fast. Back in the day, when uh, when you apply for the Fringe, it's all the way back in October-ish, and uh, we were like, we really want to do True West. It's a great play, done by Sam Shepard, yeah. made famous by Gary Sinise and John Malkovich, and then later on by Philip Seymour Hoffman and John C. Riley. Mm-hmm. We, we did not get into the Fringe in the first time. Then in March, we uh, they go, yeah, you're in now, because people drop out or, or whatever. Yeah. So then, I go to... Turner calls me in March and goes, we're in. What do we do? Uh, yeah, and it was that uh, kind of that split decision of us wanting to do True West, but then now it's like, I don't know, we're, we're, we're in. So it's like we can do anything. And, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity to, to write your own uh, story as well. Yeah. So we were, it was like we gave ourselves a week because that's all the time we had to figure out what we were going to do. So we were like, Let's. We kind of just tried to take the best of both worlds. Try to use Sam Shepard's style of writing uh, mixed with our world and what we know, and uh, and kind of blend them both. So it's a you know instead of like a deep south you know, um, you know brotherly yeah. rivalry, we've put it in you know we've done something in, in it Toronto based and incorporated some females into the uh, the cast as opposed to like an all male cast. Yeah. Um. You know, and giving some roles to a friends of ours, and uh, and we're able to kind of write our our own. Uh, our own story, which was, it's kind of, and yeah, we were able to cross all those, uh, check all those boxes of created our own thing, still, you know, paying homage to Sam Shepard and his style. Yeah. And hopefully creating something that people will enjoy watching. Yeah, I mean, those actors that I mentioned before, they they did it. So if we yeah. did True West, people would compare us to them. And yeah. They, you can't get better than them. So we wrote our own thing. So instead of two brothers fighting over a, writing a movie script, it's two old friends fighting over a donut. Over a donut. Okay. <laughs> We're going to come back with more of The Fringe right here with Andrew, Ryan, and Catherine on Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. My name is Sebastian Maniscalco, and you're listening to the one and only Sandra Carusi. And we're back right here on Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, brought to you by Hakeem Optical. And we're talking all things Toronto Fringe today. Joining us on the panel, if you're just tuning in, we have Andrew Chapman and Ryan Turner, both varying degrees of either Canadian Comedy Award winners or nominees. (laughs) (laughs) And Catherine Ferns is back in Canada, back in Toronto, here in studio from Manchester, UK. And, of course, bringing her fringe show, Catherine Ferns, is in stitches right here to the Toronto stage. Uh, and we're going to get into a bit of that. So before the break, we were talking about uh, Andrew and Ryan's show, False East, and how you sort of updated, in a way, a Sam Shepard classic and modified it and made it your own, mm-hmm. right? Because you don't want just want to redo the set. Like, you took that sort of base concept and turned it on its head and yeah. snuck through the door of the fringe. Yeah, we tried to make it as, as base as possible, and that was the discussion we were having the whole time of just like, this is our own thing. We're, we're going in a, in a far enough direction, right? This isn't just, you know, blatant yeah. plagiarism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, we didn't want to make it, you know, true West Mad Libs. Yeah, yeah. You know, it really became its, its own thing. So the beautiful thing is people go, well, I don't know true West or whatever. If you know True West, it's, you're going to like it. And if you don't know True West, you're still going to like it because it's a completely yeah. 
different story and a different thing and, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. It's it's you know it's just a good time on stage. It's a reintroduction yeah. to it in a way, but also yeah. to you guys. I mean, to your sensibilities that go into it. Did you feel uh, like talking before the break about how you sort of you know it was it was a completely male centric and male dominated piece of work so updating it and making it more palatable and current for a Toronto audience and making it a more female cast and all that stuff was that a big part of the writing of it for you guys was like okay well we have to adapt it to now and to a new audience because I think with the Fringe Festival especially such a huge part of it is reaching out to an audience that doesn't necessarily get to see stuff on stage that reflects them mm-hmm. usually per se, especially in comedy, right? So was that a big part of the process for you guys? I'm, I mean, it wasn't something that we necessarily were like trying to to make a point of. We just happened to have some some mm-hmm. super talented friends that we would love to have worked with at some point in our lives. So it was a fairly easy decision to take these two roles, which are, uh, they're, aren't, they're not necessarily huge, they're big characters, they're impactful characters, but they're not necessarily in the entire play. Right. But they are... Uh, uh, positions of power. Uh, they're our boss, our owners. And um, so because of the, uh, these, our, our good friends that we've thought of, they'd be like, they would fit perfectly into these roles. So, and, and yeah, it, uh, it, it kind of is the best of both worlds where, you know, we can kind of balance the, this cast out and not make it just a dude just t- talking to each other on stage that we can have, you know, bring in some friends, like I said, that are, uh, that are female and that we, that, and that we know that are, are powerful women like these are yeah, girls yeah, that yeah. I know that I'm like you know I come to them for advice and it's just it was and a, they play pivotal roles in the in the show like mm-hmm. uh, the stu- the story doesn't move along unless they're there right and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah Shamika and Monica are, are fantastic so we couldn't be uh, any luckier than we already are. Mm-hmm. There you go. And I think one of the nice things about a lot of the shows you find at the Fringe, uh, and it looks like particularly in the lineup this year, is you have it does tend to be very comedy centric in a way, which is good for us on Inside Jokes, of course. But it goes sort of deeper than that, too. It's not its not necessarily pure escapism at the fringe. A lot of stuff sort of has a message to it, an underlying message to it. And I think, um, and I'm, I'll get into this more with all three of you, but I mean, in your writing now, and especially writing stuff for the fringe with that in mind, is there a certain element of there's a message that I want to get across in this piece of work. There's something I want people to take away from this. Or is it just you want people to sort of unplug while they're at the show and just escape for a little bit? Both for us. Both, yeah. Um, I think the message for me anyways, uh, we all have people in our lives, friends or, <laughs> or, or girlfriends or, or boyfriends or whatever, that we hang on to for longer than we should. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Falsy certainly talks about that. We, you just know you're like why why do i still have this person in my life they cause nothing but anxiety and negative energy and yet we hang on to them yeah and and that that message is throughout this this play altogether i think as comics especially we all have <laughs> I, <laughs> I have a whole album about that i think if you go yeah we all have like our own robin thick album for sure yeah. you know i think that plays a big role in things uh catherine what about you i mean even remembering your stand-up you know when we would work with you here in toronto years ago was always for you sort of very personal and very current with whatever was happening in your life. And of course, honing this solo show over the years and taking it to other fringe festivals and now here in Toronto, how much of Catherine Ferns is poured into this show? How much of you raw is actually in this thing that we're going to see? Oh my gosh. I mean, it's everything. This is basically my epic life story. It is. And, right? and it's been very hard trying, trying to write another story after this. But mm. this is, 
Um, I don't know how much time we have to talk about this, uh, but uh, basically I had a, a medical scare on April 21st, 2016, yeah. uh, on the day that Prince died. And I decided I need to write my life story on that day because I thought I, if Prince is dying, like I'm going to die probably in the next month. <laughs> and so I, it was a manic one month of writing everything about my life because I thought this was my last chance. And I remember my roommates came into my room and were like, oh my God, are you trying to solve a crime? There was like paper all (laughs) over the walls. And I was like, yeah, I'm trying to solve the crime of my life. So yes, uh, everything in the show is very true. Yeah, you went like full John Nash with it. Just a beautiful mind, papers all over the place. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right, well, I want to get back into more of the story behind your show when we come back. You're of course listening to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey you, I'm Maggie Casella, and you're listening to Inside Jokes with my friend Sander Carusi on 640. Nailed it. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Uh, We're talking all things Toronto Fringe Festival today. Uh, We have some Fringe Festival performers in studio with us today. We're talking about everything. We're talking about personal crises, relationships, (laughs) donuts, Life Meltdowns, More Donuts. Uh, We have Ryan Turner and Andrew Chapman in studio with us from their play False East at this year's Toronto Fringe. And, of course, Catherine Ferns back in Toronto with Catherine Ferns is in Stitches. And actually, we were talking to Catherine before the break about how personal your show is and how much much of yourself you're sort of bringing to the stage. Uh, And reading up on the show, a lot of this was about you, you had a health scare, you were saying, in a moment where you thought you were going to die yeah and and i should mention it's a comedy show (laughs) (laughs) um but uh yeah so i i tell a story from uh, my early 20s living in a small town in alberta and uh, all the horrible things that happened to me and how i've sort of reclaimed my life through stand-up so um Mm. it it is a funny story and also uh, 10 percent of the show is about prince as i mentioned before so if you like prince you're gonna love my show um, and it's it's a very personal story, but I think with the history of the Edinburgh Fringe, everyone sort of goes into that festival knowing that you need to tell something personal or have some sort of message with your show. Because I think yeah. the Edinburgh Fringe Festival is very rooted in, in theater. Yeah. So it's not just, you know, you're going up and doing an hour of jokes. You're going up there and, and telling the audience something important about your life or how you view the world so um this this show has been very um well received in edinburgh so i'm I'm interested to see how it's received in toronto well i think what's pretty cool is like it's a very obviously a very personal story Mm -hmm. but as you've probably already seen through edinburgh and we'll see in toronto so many people will relate to it Mm, i I mean statistically uh because my my show does involve the you know um, my uh, experiences in an abusive relationship. And, yeah. and if, if we look at the numbers, there's, you know, someone in your family, someone you know, uh, whether it's male or female or any gender, has experienced some sort of abuse in a relationship. So it's something that touches a lot of people's lives. So people can relate to it, even if you haven't personally experienced it. Um, it's also just about, you know, the concept of, of self and how you rebuild your life after it's being destroyed. And then also, you know, there's a lot of... Um, jokes in it so it's pretty, <laughs> pretty great you have pretty to have great. those peppered into the mix there's a sure. balance there's a balance there's levity but well, it's interesting too because you do touch in your show you touch on a lot of topics that i feel like are right now currently being very openly discussed so it is you know those toxic relationships and abuse and power struggles and and personal mental health and and all that stuff is sort of open conversations that are happening right now 
So I think part of the fringe, well, any comedy really, but part of the fringe especially is reaching out to stuff that people can sort of relate to and tap into, right? And bringing that to the table. I think we all have that filter in us too, right? As comics and as performers, that's sort of the job is you, whatever happens in your personal life, that goes to the stage right away. It's like everything is material right away. Absolutely. But the fine balance is, and maybe you've seen this with other people you've performed with, or certainly in stand-up and and comedy, is you got to be sure to not just have it seem like you're just ranting and whining and complaining. Like there's got to be some substance and some structure rather than like, okay, that guy just... (laughs) <laughs> what you know like it's got to be entertaining right yeah. yeah i mean i mean there's that formula that you know tragedy plus time equals mm-hmm. comedy and and this relationship that i'm talking about in in my show is is a relationship from when i was 20 so if we did the math that was about 19 years ago and so i i've you know I, I've got some time on the relationship. <laughs> Our producer, Julia, by the way, just looked like, no way. Gave you a no way look. <laughs> let me tell Something you. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. Do you think you could have written this show as it was happening or when it was fresh? Or oh, did you need yeah. that time? And it would have been a completely different show, I imagine. No, I needed uh, time to, you know, um, I guess get perspective on it and also... Um, I mean, there's a lot of things that happened after the relationship that then became more and more ridiculous of how my life unraveled. So yeah. I needed, like, the story actually takes uh, about a decade uh, of my to life. Tell? Oh. Uh, no, it takes, <laughs> it's a long show. Come early. <laughs> um, so it, it's it's a big chunk of my life. And, and really, when I had that medical scare, I really was like, I need to tell this story. And it was something that I hadn't told fully to a lot of my friends, a lot of my family that have actually come to see the show. They had no idea yeah, the full extent wow. of of the story that I was sort of holding on to. And, and it isn't until you think that, you know, you could die that you want to tell it on stage and also you know make people laugh at the same time which is a very you know healing experience it totally is i mean that's i mean that's the whole thing right is like it, it's all about sort of taking those skeletons out of the closet and giving them an autopsy on stage right but the difference is you do have to have that related but like there's a there's a fine line with tackling some of this stuff between entertaining and being thought provoking or just going up there and giving a Ted talk. Right. <laughs> you know, and I, I think especially now, because I think there, there is more pressure. It feels like right now on comics and performers to sort of, you have to have an issue that you're tackling. You have to have a message that you're delivering. And I think a lot of people sort of <clears throat> blur those lines. Right. Cause it's, it's a fine, like you were saying, Andrew, like it's a bit of a balancing act, right. Just to sort of not go up there and just preach for an hour. Yeah, and also, and we found this in our writing too, because we're in our mid thirties, and you know, it's a weird age to be. I was like, should I be more mature than I am now? But we don't want to come across as experts either, because we touched on about relationships and life stuff, and we're like, we don't have the answer. So we, you know, so you just write what you know, but yeah. also you don't be like, do it this way. It's the only way to go. You're like, this is what we do. It works for us, maybe for yeah. now. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and you're sort of, and that's the beauty of, I think, a fringe show as well, because over the course of all these performances, and you have completely different crowds coming in and out, and weird, odd times of the day, so it's sort of this change over all the time, you can sort of, even though it's a finished thing that you're bringing to the stage, and of course, in Catherine's case, like, you've been workshopping this show and honing this show for quite some time, and this isn't your first fringe with it either, but you can sort of fine-tune things as you go right or you can you might notice the way an audience reacts to something at a particular night and go oh maybe we should try this and go this way with it right 
Or you totally go the other way and just go, I'm going to tell my story how I want to tell it, and I'm not going to compromise to whatever whoever is yeah. in the room. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, as long as you're telling something from an authentic place, people will um, be able to connect to it. Yeah, and you'll find your audience through that. All right, we're going to get back into more Fringe right after the break. You are, of course, listening to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Oh, hello. This is Scott Belfort, and you're listening to Sandra Carusi on Inside Jokes on 640. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And if you're just tuning in, we are talking Toronto Fringe Festival all night tonight here on this Sunday night drive home from the cottage. There's some exciting shows happening at the Toronto Fringe again this year. Some comedy you definitely should see, particularly the people we have in studio with us right now. We have Andrew Chapman and Ryan Turner in studio with us with their show False East. And our friend Catherine Ferns, all the way from Manchester, UK, international comic and performer. Oh you, it's is it funny for you actually like bringing bringing your show to the fringe here in Toronto and and just any time when you come home to perform because you were talking earlier about how you do get billed as an international performer now. You of course you were Toronto based before. You've been living in the UK for about four years now. There must be some a bit of like a, a thrill with that for coming home and just ah. Um, I mean, I think the the problem with Canadian comedy is that it's not until you leave that people actually pay attention to you. 100%, yeah. So um, just like, you know, Catherine Ryan, uh, she left and now is basically, you know, a Kardashian in the UK. Yeah. Like everyone knows her. She's she's worshipped. I actually wish that I had changed my name to Catherine Ryan when I <laughs> yeah. moved over there. I would have gone better bookings. Actually, I w- the first show that I did, I was booked as Catherine Ryan and I showed up <laughs> and I said, you guys are going to be very disappointed. <laughs> Um, so, uh, but yeah, so it is, it's like, it's nice coming home. Um, I am planning on doing this show, which, uh, is about the events that happen in a small town in Alberta, in the small town in Alberta. Oh, fantastic. Ooh, Ooh, what, yeah. town, um, what town? What town? What town? Uh, it's Canmore. Ooh, Canmore. Canmore. Yeah. Um, wow. So yeah, it's Canmore. grown a lot, but when Google. I lived there, it was 5,000 people. So it was very, yeah. very small town. Um, I actually did book a theater and I had everything organized, um, but then there was issues with, um, you know, scheduling. And, and also I, I got a director that's inter- interested in making a documentary to follow me to going back to the wow. town and interviewing everyone that was involved. Because I talk about the police, the um, court system. I talk about uh, other people in the community in the medical community that sort of failed me in many, many different ways yeah. um, trying to get out of this abusive relationship. So I'm working on that, but it's just funding has been a problem. And in Canada, it's it's hard to find that money to fund projects. So uh, this is my call out to anyone that uh, I'm looking for sugar daddies or mamas <laughs> uh, that want to uh, help me uh, make this documentary, which I think is a very important story to tell right now about how uh, women uh, are treated by society and how we deal with violence against women. Yeah. So. And, uh, and, you know, just so people know, there is a darker side to Canmore. It's not just a long forgotten air farce sketch. So yeah. that's and anyways, right? uh, Turner and I have a great joke uh, about roll up the rim. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a really big donut. So anyway, but speaking of international, I mean, Ryan Turner is the favorite son of Tilsonburg, Ontario. There we go. Which yeah. is far it's, enough. It might as well be in a different country. Maybe we, maybe we should bring that to Tilsonburg. <laughs> I don't know if they're ready for uh, 90 minutes of a, of a play yet. But uh, <laughs> well, what's great about our play is like we have so many references about Toronto or about you know little uh, neighborhoods in Toronto. So if we do tour it later on we can just 
slot in you know references around that it's true you know you go on tour in canada you know like people love that as soon as you know you you mention their town Mm -hmm. whatever town you're in and one person they know and one person they know and you're golden but it can backfire if you're in the wrong saskatchewan town and you mention the other one that they don't like you know corner gas wasn't lying they will turn on you for sure there is truth to that i don't did you get well i mean you guys uh, you're you're arguing over a donut you know, whereas Catherine is talking about <laughs> the complete breakdown of her life. But if you show. watch uh, False East, which you will, because you're going to come will. see the show. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we really go nuts over this this donut it, and this yeah. uh, it's other a, thing. It is, yeah, it is definitely, it's about, it is about that relationship. of It's that, that fine line of that person, uh, you know, that person that, that you, you feel that is kind of like poisonous to your life that you almost want to get rid of, but you have nothing but love for that person. And yeah. You always will. You know what I mean? It's um, it's that that give and take that. Well, maybe it is I have that person absolutely. Yeah. But you yeah. know how like and, and obviously it's a joke about arguing. Don't. But you know how like you've had a relationship or, or whatever with your with your mom or your, your partner or something, and they go, "Why are there shoes at the door?" They're not <laughs> yeah. angry about the shoes at the door. They're really angry about something else. Yeah. And the shoes at the door is a gateway into that, and that's really what uh, what this is. Yeah. I think, or yeah. it could just be us arguing about a donut. Could be, yeah. It could be both, but yeah, we have taken like, um, what was it? The thing that Harrison said, like extra uh, ordinary circumstances uh, at extraordinary heights, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like we're taking yeah. these mundane things that it's just like, and then we're just uh, kind of amplifying it. Almost with I don't, I'm careful to use this reference, but like Seinfeld in a way, not to say that because obviously that's a, that's the epitome of of comedy writing, but it's in that in that world of just simple things but uh just uh, everything is essentially amplified because of our yeah uh, tumultuous relationship Ooh, you someone went to a dictionary store <laughs> and that was all larry david by the way i just want to say when people Correct. say seinfeldian it's like it should be called larry davidism right. you know <laughs> jerry was just the face of the show <laughs> but i one of the things i do love about about the toronto fringe in particular and it touches on what Catherine said earlier where we have a really nasty habit in canada and especially in canadian comedy where we don't take ownership of our own until you go and make it somewhere else. And then we love to go, oh, yeah, they're Canadian. They're from here. But we do not care when anybody's here, you know. Like any, we certainly know any household names in Canadian comedy are household names to fellow comics. Well, I think the only people who know know that I've won a Canadian comedy award are the people in this room. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I just found out. And you just walked (laughs) in, yeah. (laughs) It's so true, though. So the Toronto Fringe is actually a great way for audiences to come and see unique shows and just learn about new talent that you probably wouldn't be exposed to otherwise. Well, and also you know? we're so lucky. Our show's directed by Chris Gibbs. Who, yeah. If you know fringe festivals all across Canada and, and then some, he's a darling and, and we really lucked in with, with having him. He, we wouldn't have been able to do it without him. He's a genius. Mm-hmm. And, you know, support Canadian talent and actually touching on another thing that was mentioned earlier, you know, about getting funding to bring your show back to your hometown. That's a big fight that's going on. And we talk about a lot on the, this show especially lately, is how the Arts Council last year released their budget for all of the arts funding. And, of course, comedy was not included in that. Comedy was not considered an art form in Canada, which is bizarre considering that's like our main export, really, as Canadians. So that's a big fight that's happening right now is getting that recognized and getting that funding allocated to produce shows like this and to build tours and all that sort of stuff. Interpretive dance can have some money still. They got some. But Canadian comedy, that's who we are and that's what we do. So I want to get back into that a little bit more after the break. We're talking Fringe right here on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. 
Hey, this is Colin Mockery from Whose Line Is It Anyway? And you are listening to Sandra Carusi on Inside Jokes, Pants Optional. And welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We are talking all things Fringe Toronto today. And of course, you can hit up FringeToronto.com to find out about all of the shows that are happening in the city. Um, we have a couple of shows in studio Three people, two shows. That's what's happening in studio right now. That sounds like a great friend show, actually. Right? Three, Three people, people, two, two shows. shows. Yeah. That's what you guys can bring that next year. After you <laughs> after you guys adapt Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross <laughs> for next it's year's Twelve fringe. angry men, though, but there's only three people. <laughs> That's and, right. Yeah. Uh, we are talking False East today with Andrew and Ryan, if you're just tuning in. And, of course, Catherine Ferns is in Stitches and in studio uh, back in Canada. International <laughs> performer. I love it, though. It's great because... For for Toronto audiences listening, if you never got a chance to see Catherine on stage when she was doing stand-up here in Toronto, she's back with her solo show at the Fringe this year. Uh, and we were talking a little bit about funding for Canadian comedy and for, for shows like this uh, a little bit before the break. And we're you guys were talking about sort of how that, what happened to get the ball rolling for False East. Yeah, well, you know, like we said, we want to do True West and, and I think every... Uh you know, actor kind of wants to do that at some point. But like I say, we, we had these mountains of actors like Sinise and Malkovich and yeah. and all these guys. And we're like, well, they're just going to compare us to them. And we're just going to do cheap imitations. And it has been done. Them. Like it's kind of an inside joke in the theater world, which is a world that we don't know uh, as well. Yeah. Um, that's like, you know, oh, two, these guys are doing true us. Like every, you know, like you were saying, every, like two, all the guys want to do true us. And then when Sam Shepard, past mm -hmm. the the rights to the play just like went up so it became more expensive yeah and we're like well do we want to really be like two grand in the hole before we even start because you never know like fringe is kind of a gamble both as a performer and as an audience member like i don't know is it going to be good is it going to see it so you know not to sound whatever but like we really couldn't justify that that cost and we couldn't afford to actually yeah. do the show and buy the rights and all that stuff. So it kind of forced us to put on our creative caps and go like, well, let's, let's do it this way. Let's be inspired by it and then kind of do what we do. Cause it is a good showcase for us. We think as, as, as actors, performers kind of stretch, be a funny guy and also a serious person. But then it was also like, well, let's just try to write a 90 minute thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if yeah. we can't, then we don't do it. Which is such an interesting, like the processes behind both of these shows are so different. Like for you guys, it was you're taking this piece that you wanted to update in a way or springboard from, right? And you sort of wanted to adapt it, but it almost forced you to be in a position where you're like, let's just, we, we're going to give ourselves a deadline. We want to make this thing and just see where we go with it and bring it to the fringe. Whereas in Catherine's case, it's you. I literally had a deadline. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's your life. It's your, you know, it's 100% <laughs> autobiographical. And it's interesting, too, I mean, because we were talking earlier in the show about how, you know, as comics, we just, the first instinct is we take whatever happens in our personal lives, and that's the first thing we sort of mine for material, right? And people end up being able to relate to it, because, like, yeah, we've all been, we've all had a breakup, we've all had someone that we knew had cancer, whatever it is. And we've, we've all smoked crack in an alleyway. We've all smoked crack in an alleyway. That's actually how we came up with all the ideas for our show. There's yeah. something for everyone <laughs> well, on my show. And I know it could be sort of a cathartic thing to sit down and look at these, you know, darker moments in life and these bigger milestones in life and, and just go, well, I'm just going to write it out and I'm going to find the funny in that. Is it exhausting at all for you? Like... Now that you've you've spent so much time writing this thing and actually already performing it around before you landed here at Toronto Fringe, does it still, like, is there anything vulnerable about it now still going up and talking about that stuff? Or do you feel removed from it now? 
I mean, the the first time that I did it was absolutely terrifying because yeah. I wrote the whole show within a month. I didn't test any of the material. Uh, I wrote an hour show and then showed up to the Brighton Fringe in front of 40 people. And I, I thought, OK, this could be the worst hour of my life. <laughs> yeah. Or or it could be something, you know, important for for me, for just myself. And then I realized after the show, there were a bunch of young women in their in their 20s. One of them was actually crying, just saying, I've been through the same thing. And I'm so sorry. I'm like, I'm so thankful that you said it out loud because I haven't been able to tell about talk about it in my own life. And I realized from that moment that I needed to keep telling the story because there's so many other women and other men included that are experiencing this or have experienced this that don't necessarily know that there's other people struggling with the same thing because you do hold a lot of shame and you you do hide the secret of of something that you feel like is your fault. So the more I've performed it, the more I've realized that, you know, it it is a a dark part of my life, but I feel more and more inspired to tell it every time I do. And and even that I shouldn't judge any audience because one time I had a group of men that had just come from the bar. It was a Saturday night, and I told them like, "This is what I'm going to be talking about." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they said, "No, no, we're we're going to stay." And afterwards, they all hugged me and they said, "We had no idea, and we now feel more educated about what happens to women, and we're going to be advocates wow. so that we know that if we can help someone else get out of this situation." And they left, and one of them snuck back and said my sister's actually going through this and I haven't been able to tell my friends. So thank you so much for telling the story. Wow. So I feel like doing a comedy show about it is, is an, it's, it's, it's a different way of dealing with the topic, but I think it makes it accessible to people mm-hmm. and it releases yeah. the sort of anxiety that people feel about this topic to really kind of deconstruct it and talk about it. Like we're all human and this is my experience and guess what? I've been able to get past it and so can you. And I think as a I think as a performer, especially at the front, like there's literally no better audience feedback that you can have than that. Right. And it sort of validates everything you've just done. And I think that is the more unique thing about a festival like the Fringe Festival is you actually get that sort of call and response from the audience. Right. You get that feedback with stand up. We all know. And especially you just described what for all of us we would instantly assume is like the nightmare scenario of an audience, which is a bunch of drunk guys coming from a bar to your show. Right. Mm. That's always a train wreck. So it's interesting. I think in in a show in shows like these, you sort of you get to see that reaction in real time firsthand and you get to sort of tap into something that people are on the same wavelength as you in the room that maybe we don't get to reach that in stand-up necessarily, right? Mm -hmm. Because in stand-up, I think there's obviously there's more of that instantaneous pressure of just like, make me laugh or I'm gone. That's it, right? Yeah. People stick around at the end of the show to be like, you know, that joke you told, that was so (laughs) offensive for me. You can't talk about grass that way. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing funny about fighting about donuts. Or you have, or you have that person after the show that always comes up to you, and they always have a buddy that's really funny at kitchen parties, and they should do stand up. Yeah, I got it. I like after you do stand up, like a show, like you're the MC of a show. They tell you you should be a stand up too. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite one. Yeah, you try that's this. true. I just did it. All right, we're gonna get back into audiences here at Fringe Toronto this summer, and of course, check out FringeToronto.com for upcoming shows. We'll be right back on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio, six forty Toronto. You're listening to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Russell Peters, and you're listening to Sandra Juicy Carusi. <laughs> 
Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is Fringe Festival time here in Toronto, uh, and we've been talking Fringe all day long. Uh, you can hit up FringeToronto.com to find out the full schedule of shows and what's happening on stage here in the city. Uh, and we've had a couple of shows in studio with us today. We have Andrew and Ryan from False East, which was... Uh, Sort of an update on a Sam Shepard classic, but with a completely new twist of their own. And so where can we see you guys perform at the Fringe? St. Vladimir Theatre. So it's uh, just south of Harvard on uh, Spadina there. Uh, bring a Sweater. It is bring also sweater. known as a very chilly uh, theatre, but could be great because it's been 40 degrees the last couple of days. That's true, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and we, we, we have to thank uh, uh, a few sponsors that have literally helped us live to see another day. Uh, Henrietta Lane uh, just got top five bars on BlogTO, top right. five new bars. And uh, Humber Comedy were, uh, were really integral in helping us uh, essentially just afford to uh, live and, and be able to pursue our art, which is the show, which is awesome. There you go, which is what it's all about. So make sure you check out False East. And, of course, we have Catherine in studio with us. You can see Catherine Ferns in Stitches. Where can we uh, see you live in Toronto? I'm at the Factory Theatre, which is on Bathurst somewhere. Nice, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm an international act. I don't know where I'm performing. <laughs> so you can uh, check out the Fringe website or my website, uh, CatherineFerns.com. And then follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at CatherineFerns. You just have to learn how to spell my name. That's <laughs> it's it. the Hepburn way. It's the Hepburn. Yes. And now for your weekly listings. It's that time of the year again. The Toronto Fringe Festival is on. Hit up FringeToronto.com for the full schedule of shows and performances. You can also catch performer bios. And go check out False East and Catherine Ferns' In Stitches, which you heard about right here on the show today. Schedule, tickets, event info, and more. FringeToronto.com. Hi there, I'm Peter Wildman. And I'm Paul Chatto, and we're from the comedy troupe The Frantics. You might remember us from our long-running CBC radio show Frantic Times, or our TV show The Frantics, Four on the Floor. Over the years, we have recorded hundreds of our comedy shows, and now... Thanks to modern technology... We have assembled the very best bits and started a podcast we call The Best of Frantic Times. It is, and it's free. Find us on the Google, just search The Frantics Podcast... And start downloading the best of Frantic Times. Boot to the head! To the head! And now for this week's Comedy RX featuring Catherine Ferns. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, I am Catherine. I'm Canadian. Hey. Hey. Thank you. I moved to the UK a couple years ago. It's been a bit of an adjustment because I grew up in a very small town up the mountains in Canada. But growing up, I wasn't allowed to watch a lot of television. Because my mother, she's a psychologist, right? she thought television is a bad influence. And instead, she encouraged me to read books by Sigmund Freud. <laughs> as a child. <laughs> Sesame Street, that's bad news. And instead, as a kid, I was learning how Freud was trying to cure depression with cocaine. <laughs> yeah. She should not have blamed me. I did just a little bit of research in my 20s. <laughs> and my 30s. <laughs> and that's impossible. I am still depressed and now my nose whistles. <laughs> that was a test to see who I'm hanging out with. <laughs> but uh, I, I actually, uh, I, do, I do suffer from uh, depression, anxiety, and small boobs. <laughs> All of which are very expensive to cure. <laughs> but I, I think if I, if I didn't have, you know, depression, anxiety, and small boobs, I probably would not be a comedian, you know. Instead, I'd probably be um, 
happy, guys, yeah. But, but I, I never really expected to really to become a comedian, you know? But some people say to me, you know, I'm brave for being a comedian. But my bank calls me stupid all the time, you know? But the bank gave me a $50,000 student loan to study art at university. They're stupid. I should have known I was not gonna pay that back. Basically, I can't go back to Canada. Ever. Make sure you check out both of these shows and everything happening at the Toronto Fringe Festival. Once again, you hit up fringetoronto.com for schedules, tickets, and show info on these performers and more. And stay tuned right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto for the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta. That's our show. We'll see you next week.